Good morning. I'm Marley Schlanger from the LaRouche Organization with your daily update for January 25th, 2022. I have a, a very shocking report for you today, and you may need to be seated to hear this, but I, I'm going to title it, That Loud Bang You Hear Might Not Be a Nuclear War Over Ukraine. And I'll get to that in a moment. But while we're having this update, there's been an escalation of the war drive. Uh, day by day, there, there have been new elements brought into it. I reported yesterday on this uh, report that was issued by the United Kingdom Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office, which claims that Russia is preparing to replace the president of Ukraine. They even list the names of the people they say the Russians are, are planning on putting in, uh, predicting, in a sense, that the Russians are about to pull a coup to put a Russia-friendly person in the office of the president. This was greeted by much media coverage, uh, a lot of scoffing from people, for example, in Ukraine, and some skepticism, because this is the old, typical British war game, psychological warfare. You plant a story that's completely false, but backed by anonymous sources in the intelligence community, that then build up a momentum of its own. Now, we're seeing that with the so-called consultations yesterday between the Biden administration and the NATO allies. They proclaim there's complete unity, that everyone agrees on tough sanctions, defending Ukraine's sovereignty, whatever that means, and, and so on. Uh, more attacks on Putin, on the Russians. And at the same time, there's more pushback from some of the European partners, including Germany where the German government forced the resignation of an admiral who simply said that there's no way that the Crimea is going to go back to Ukraine and that Putin deserves a certain amount of respect. That's why you fire someone for making statements that are reflection of reality. Well, at the same time, it was announced yesterday that the U.S. is preparing a, uh, on standby more than 8,000 U.S. troops who, if there is some action around Ukraine, will be immediately flown over there, uh, along with more military hardware, plus another 50,000 who are put on a slightly less immediate standby basis. Sending 58,000 U.S. troops to Europe, well, that would mean that we're about to go into a pretty substantial war uh, if that happens. Now, at the same time, the State Department instructed family members to leave uh, the country due to the invasion threat. Now, this led to a very interesting response from, from Ukraine. A former defense minister, Zagorodnik, said that Zelensky doesn't believe that there's an imminent threat to Kiev. And he said that the president's office sees the plans to evacuate American family members from Ukraine as, quote, utterly ridiculous. And then he added on his own, these Americans, that is the family members living in Kiev, are safer in Kiev than they are in Los Angeles or in any other crime-ridden city in the United States. So interesting comments from a, an official, former official of the Ukrainian government. Now, despite all the tough talk, there is a reality that's starting to sink in which is that the U.S. has no viable military options. 
The idea of a ground war to stop Russian invasion, if the Russians were to do that, uh, is pretty much laughable. The forces of Ukraine are not organized, they're not strong enough, uh, they'll be overwhelmed very quickly. Uh, and the idea that there's, there's some way short of nuclear war of stopping it, I mean, Biden himself has said there will be no U.S. troops involved in a war in Ukraine. So clearly, the diplomacy is the key question, and we'll see how the U.S. responds to the questions that on the treaties that have been drafted by the Russians. Uh, we're now about eight days away from the deadline for the U.S. to give a response to the Russians, so we'll see what happens with that. <clears throat> However, in the meantime, there's another clock ticking, and this is the debt bomb. Now, there are a number of warnings that have come out recently about the fragility of the global financial system, especially the transatlantic financial system. Uh, one of these is the warnings of the effect if big sanctions are placed against Russia, uh, or even if Russia is kicked out of the SWIFT financial transaction system. Uh, German Chancellor Schultz himself said that this would have a, an enormously negative effect on the European economies, which are fairly weak right now. They're being hit hard by the same kind of supply chain problems as the U.S. economy, by the lockdowns, uh, by the inflation. The energy prices are skyrocketing in Europe. So if there were to be new sanctions, which might mean that the natural gas would be cut off from Europe, prices would go up even more. And with an already weak economy, what would be the effect of that? Well, then you come to the second set of warnings from the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank that raising interest rates will trigger defaults from poor, heavily indebted countries. Uh, now, among those countries, ironically, is Ukraine. Ukraine has done a large amount of borrowing under IMF supervision. That is, the government that came in after the February 2014 coup immediately brought in the International Monetary Fund to run their economy. A huge mistake. And as a result, the debt has risen, the per capita GDP has gone down, and there's a danger, according to the Ukraine finance minister, that they will default on some of their debt. Now, secondly, what we're seeing on the, the debt question is it's not a Chinese debt trap, but a debt trap from largely Western banks. And this was made clear in an article on January 23rd in The Guardian, by their chief economic correspondent, Larry Elliott. Uh, he wrote under the headline, Fears Grow That U.S. Action on Inflation Will Trigger Debt Crisis. He said there are 54 countries that face a serious debt crisis with the possibility of default. Uh, he said that 47% of the total debt is owed to private lenders. 27% uh, to multilateral institutions such as the World Bank and the IMF. So that's three quarters of the outstanding debt uh, is owned, owed to either the International Banking uh, Consortium, the IMF and the World Bank, or to private bankers, almost half of it to private bankers, 14% to other miscellaneous governments, and 12% to China. Now, there are also reports on the likelihood of a wave of corporate bankruptcies and defaults uh, if interest rates go up, as well as a drop in stock valuation.
if rates go up. The last time that the Fed raised rates successively was in 2018, where there were four rate hikes during the course of the year. And the stock markets as a whole lost money for that year. But listen to what happened in the fourth quarter of 2018. Standard & Poor's fell by 13.97%. The Dow went down 11.8%. And the NASDAQ fell 17.5%. That was in one quarter. Now, what we're seeing is a classic problem, which is that there's much liquidity, but very little solvency. And by solvency, I mean the corporate borrowers are not making enough profit in many cases, to pay the interest on their debt. These are called zombie corporations. The Almost half of the, the new corporate bonds issued since 2019 uh, are at or near junk bond level. And that's where you see the problem. There's plenty of liquidity, but it's going in to support the uh, value of stocks at their book value so they can be traded by companies that are not making enough money to make these stocks actually viable. Now, one of the things that happened in 2008 is there was a credit crunch because interbank lending ground to a halt. Well, what happened then? There was a massive bailout after the Lehman collapse in September 2008, and that began the policy of quantitative easing of the Fed making rates available for what? To back up the speculators who created the crash because of their lending to, to the mortgage-backed security markets and the derivative markets. So the, by lowering rates to make money available, all they did was blow up a new bubble, or I should say create a new bubble. Now, in, this, in 2019, starting in September, we had the same problem, another credit crunch and they issued massive liquidity to try and get out of that one. What's the result of that? Inflation. So what happens if you try to stop inflation by raising the rates? You trigger defaults. So we're in a situation where one way or another we're heading toward a crash, whether it's a crash of the dollar, a crash of the markets, uh, a series of corporate defaults, or simply the inability of the vast majority of people in the United States and Europe to be able to finance the minimum amount needed to keep a roof over their head, food on the table, pay doctor bills, transportation, and so on. That's why I say the big bang you're about to hear may not be nuclear war, but a financial crash. And as we've been pointing out repeatedly, there's a direct connection between these two things. Better to blame an external enemy and focus people on the, the diabolical Russians who are about to overrun the freedom-loving nation of Ukraine than to focus on the fact that the same people pushing that war are the ones who created this inflationary spiral that's threatening to put you out on the street. Thanks for joining me. We have solutions. Go to the LaRoucheOrganization.com to find out what we would propose to do to solve this, beginning with a new financial system called the New Bretton Woods and LaRouche's idea of four economic laws. See you again tomorrow.